0: Doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. This podcast is all about that. The guest on my podcast this week is Abhay Gupta, CEO of Bidjali.
1: I ended up in product management and building smart meters for the energy industry somehow in the career. And when we were building smart meters, we realized all this data that is produced by smart meters is has so much potential, it's just not being used for its potential. So We identified this opportunity to disrupt the decision-making process and the whole opportunity in energy industry. Because if you look at the retail, internet, medical, any of the industry, the data is, is used for so much and so much personalization, so much of value creation. Energy industry is lagging behind. massively. Primary business for most of the utilities in the world has been Poles and cables how to keep the lights on, how to build power plants, how to keep the distribution and transmission of the energy correctly happening. This is the opportunity for the utility and energy industry to completely change and morph themselves into something what I call at par with the Google and Amazon of the world.
0: This is Abhay. He founded Bidgely with the mission of leveraging data to transform the utility industry, and today. Bidgely is very well positioned with the technology and know-how to not only help the utility industry to go to market quicker, but also to optimize their customer engagement. As the CEO of Bidgely, Abhay has led the company from concept to market leadership. Prior to Bidgely, Abhay worked at a combination of energy and technology companies, including GridNet, Echelon, and Sun Microsystems. He holds a Bachelor of Technology from the Indian Institute of Technology in Delhi, a Master of Science from the University of Southern California, and an MBA from Santa Clara University. It was the big idea behind Bitly and the fact that some of their customers decided to mention it in their television campaign that led me to invite Abhay to my podcast. We explore the challenges the utility industry is facing on three levels, their infrastructure, their operation, and their customers. And we dive deep into the opportunity on what's ahead of us and why this can only be solved with the support of the latest technologies. By listening to this podcast, you will learn three things. Firstly, how a byproduct of your core innovation could end up giving your customers their ultimate point of differentiation. Secondly, how to make strategic decisions in situations where there are multiple solid routes to solving a problem. And thirdly, how focusing on customer experience can result in radical cuts and internal operational costs at the same time. So, Abai, thank you very much for making the time available today to be on my podcast. It's a pleasure to, to talk to you. I've informed myself about what your company does, and that seems to be a perfect fit for, for what my podcast is all about. But before we start, can you do a little bit of introduction about yeah, what drives you in day to day business and what? inspired you to start the company that you run today.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure. So my name is Abhay Gupta and I'm the founder and CEO of a company called bijli Bijli is about a 130 people company right now at the beginning of 2019. We're about eight years old and we are globally located with headquartered in Silicon Valley Mountain View. But we have offices in India and also people in sales and support throughout the world. Okay. My background goes in. I'm electrical engineer by education, and I used to be in chip design. You know the like Sun Microsystems, Intel, those kind of companies. And I ended up in product management and building smart meters for the energy industry somehow in okay. the career. And when we were building smart meters, we realized all this data that is produced by smart meters is has so much potential. It's just not being used for its potential. So so we identified this opportunity to disrupt the decision-making process and the whole opportunity in energy industry. Because if you look at the retail internet, medical, any of the industry, the data is, is used for so much and so much personalization, so much of value creation energy industry is lagging behind massively. So we went on the mission as part of Beijing to extract value out of the data. And so we, we are an artificial intelligence company. We run various different types of artificial intelligence or AI on the energy data and a lot of other data that we procure from third parties and outside. And we generate value for both consumers as well as the utility industry in the energy space.
0: Interesting. So what is the big idea behind this? I mean, the, yes, I, I, I completely agree with you. We too often only kind of focus on capturing data and not u- utilizing it. But what do you believe is, what is broken in the industry
1: and, and what can, what will data do to, to solve that problem? Right. That's a fantastic question. It's a very broad question, but very, very relevant question. The two part, the utility industry has not changed for many decades. And the primary business for most of the utilities in the world has been poles and cables, how to keep the lights on, how to build power plants, how to keep the distribution and transmission of the energy correctly happening. And so that's where they shine. But in this changing world where everything's about data, what they, and when I say the majority of the industry, not every, they're always advanced and progressive and there are the ones who are not, but majority of the industry, does not specialize in extracting value out of the data. So they collected the data, but they were not utilizing it. And the other part which is changing in the industry is the availability of data from the smart grid and smart meters. So smart meters are devices which are being deployed throughout the world. I would say there are about 400 million plus smart meters around the world right now, a big portion of Europe, Spain, UK, a lot of Nordics, Italy, Netherlands, all of these countries and UK going fast, have all smart meters. North America has 70% smart meters. Australia and New Zealand has massive number of smart meters. Japan is going really fast. The world has taken on this technology. And as a result, you have so much data coming out of every single home that this is the opportunity for the utility and energy industry to completely change and morph themselves into something what I call at par with the Google and Amazon of the world but that's not the DNA they carry. Their DNA is not built from ground up. So this is where the opportunity comes up for companies like Bidgely and other companies in the space who then come from the roots of Silicon Valley and AI. And we take the data from energy space and we run our AI techniques. And I'll talk about one of the most intriguing technology under that umbrella. And we we extract information and we make this absolutely fabulous lens which was never available to the utilities to make much better decisions, both for the consumer level and both for their own inter- and for their internal decision making. So the opportunities go as broad as enhancing their shareholder value by reducing their cost of operation, creating new revenue opportunities and personalizing their customer experience, which makes their customers a lot more loyal. And there's a problem on that front. I'll tell you what the existing challenge for the utility industry is. Mm -hmm. And third, modernizing the grid. And there are big problems here. I will take some examples. For example, we all understand the technologies behind putting solar on our roofs to generate electricity. And we all know about electric vehicles. This is the hot thing happening. I myself purchased electric vehicle. Now, what happens to the grid is what most consumers don't understand when you buy an electric vehicle and let's say five more people on your street buy electric vehicle, Mm -hmm. this is a massive load. And if everybody starts charging their cars, when they come back home, there's a huge swing on the grid and the grid was never designed to take that kind of swing. For example, and in, in the consumer language, it's harder, but let's say a 10 kilowatt swing from five homes is a 50 kilowatt swing. That's massive on a single street. And imagine if everybody starts doing this, the grid will collapse. And if the grid collapses, you just have no electricity. That's not, that's not going to work. Right. And same thing for solar. When we all start producing solar in the middle of the day, and let's say we are not at home or not consuming when we are producing, then you are sending a lot of that energy back into the grid and the grid has a low swing and the grid was never supposed to be a acceptance for the acceptance of the electricity. So these very low and very high swings are putting stress on the grid, which is going to make it collapse. So This is a real life problem and utilities are trying to solve this problem and we can help. This is where our AI helps utilities and we'll go into detail how. The second problem that utility industry is facing is the threat from the various business models. Every time a consumer puts solar on their roof, the utility industry loses its revenue from that customer. But their obligations of maintaining the grid to supply the backup power or supply power to everyone else the same so most of the utilities see the next 10 to 20 years of trend that with the with the advent of solar and batteries making homes almost self sufficient but not self sufficient enough to go off grid you have a massive business challenge your revenue models are going to collapse because more and more people are going less and less on the revenue for you yeah that's a second very big challenge happening in the utility industry and this is where we help industry look at alternate business models interesting and of generating revenue by by other means other than selling electricity and the third most interesting is consumers we get our itemized credit card bill we get itemized bank statements we get itemized phone bills how come we have no information on our energy bills we have no clue where we spent on when did we spend this is the bill and we pay yeah. and we are changing that so with the AI, we are able to tell consumers where they are spending energy, on what appliances, when. Really? That, level. that is the magic behind this whole AI, which I'm going to talk about, possibly in the next, next you know, few minutes after this. <laughs> and consumers, our customers who are getting our solution in their inboxes or emails or SMSs or via voice on the Alexa and Google Home, They are able to identify month over month. Where is my energy going? How much energy does, or how much money did I spend on air conditioning, refrigeration, refrigeration, dryer, washer, and similar to your credit card bill, you can identify what's the largest category. How can I improve if I want to cut down or at least the consciousness of being efficient. So I'm going to pause, but this is in the big, in the nutshell, the industry needs help. They are sitting on massive amount of data and that's where we bring the AI to the energy industry. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's, it's, it sounds, that sounds really logical. And I mean, I, I completely see all the issues that you've been highlighting. And I can understand that's massive, a massive thing for the industry, whereby if you do nothing, the change will be you know, too slow. So how does the, I mean? You've, you've highlighted a great range of, of benefits of where the solution that you're providing will provide help. So, so how does it work in practice? I mean, how can an AI help with with modernizing the grid operations? Or Because at the end, it's like it's high, likely highlighting the issue, but then still grids have yeah. to be changed yeah. manually, correct?
1: Absolutely. So so the, at least now we understand the challenges in front of us exactly. that, that can be addressed or solved. So now let's talk about how does it work, right? So smart meters produce data where they record the consumption for every home, let's say every 15 or 30 or 60 minutes. What you collect from every home is sort of a time series waveform, which has a lot of these dots, time over time, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, how much energy you were consuming,
0: yes. which
1: gives you a time series pattern of your consumption. At the heart of, by the way, we do a lot of different AIs, but at the heart of the platform, or our solution is this technology called energy disaggregation. What it does is, It takes the consumption data from the meters for every home. It adds a bunch of other data like weather data and home data and parcel data and demographics data. And we are able to identify what appliances you're using and when. So for example, if you are running your air conditioning or heater, when and how big is your air conditioning and how much energy you're spending on it. Same for dryers, same for pool pumps, electric vehicles, refrigeration, et cetera. And how we do it is very fascinating. We, so just just like humans have fingerprints, appliances have fingerprints when you turn them on and off or they're being used, they leave their signatures on the whole house energy waveform. The only part which is not clear is how do you understand what signature it looks like for each appliance and when you overlap many of these signatures, how do you separate them exactly and that's what the technology does that's what the AI does it has intelligence of a lot of machine learning from original signatures for different appliances that we have trained, from improving day over day as we collect more data, looking at weather patterns, et cetera. So we are able to solve this problem. And that is the heart of the platform. In fact, we have 14 patents, many issued in the pipeline for this technology and neighboring technologies. Huh. So that's that's the fabulous technology behind all of the energy personalization. And using that technology, then we start creating value for each of the, pain points that we described and I'm happy to then jump into how this technology is applied to each of the pain points unless you have any questions about the technology <laughs> So I'm, I'm eager to understand how this really works indeed. Okay, fantastic so let's look at the grid Right, we'll start with the grid. You have this problem of very high and very low swings on the grid because of the solar and EV and of course there are times when it's very very hot or for example if you notice there was polar vortex in the, uh, the middle states in North America and it went to minus 40 or minus 60. And they were heating running pretty much 24 by seven for, for a week longer. Yep. In times like this, the supply of the energy, as well as the, the grid is challenged. And on a daily basis, the solars and the EVs challenge the grid, what this technology does is because it is able to identify who has solar, how big is their solar panels I mean, how many panels do they have? How much is the capacity? What are they producing on a daily basis, hour by hour? And what is the forecast for the next you know, few days or few weeks? All independent of any consumer input or any sensors. This is all getting used from the metadata. So you have this in level of information. And the, at the similar level, we are able to identify which home is EV, how big is the charging, when are they charging, and what hours generally. Using these two equate these two parts. Now we have a lens which allows utilities to do several things. Number one, as soon as they identify someone has EV, they most of the utilities and energy retailers have this special rate plan called EV peak and off-peak or time-of-use rate plan because they are in they are incentivizing users to charge in off-peak hours in the night hours. Correct. When people are not consuming energy, maybe on the commercial side. Or, or they're able to balance the use of energy on the grid. So if they don't know who is using EV, they will not be able to reach out to the people and help them move to special rate plans, which will influence their, their consumption habits and charging times. That's number one. Yep. Similarly, on the solar, again, driven by tariffs, driven by incentives, but once you identify somebody has solar, we, as our platform, help utilities give recommendations to consumers on when you are producing, you should use it because yeah. that's the best energy rate plan or it reduces the the total amount of energy bill for consumers but it also reduces the spend sorry the 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 stress on the grid by not sending energy back into the grid rather than using it for example you could pre cool your house in the middle of the day even if you come back at 4 or 5 pm in the house True. because you would you'd would use the energy when you are producing exactly that but means it's what,
0: yeah. That way you can actually get rid of all the swings that you, that you see out You can
1: get rid of the swings and you can actually reduce consumers' energy spend because se- spend, sending energy into the grid when you're producing does not give you the same amount of money back as yeah. if you were taking the money, energy from the grid, right? True. But it, but it goes far beyond that. Right now, we are only talking intra-home. For any given home, we are optimizing the energy consumption. But if we go beyond that, we are able to optimize it across homes or inter-homes Because what we would do is we would look at somebody's producing, but they are not at home, but somebody's at stay at home mom on the same part of the grid and you match the two and you create the incentive for somebody who is at home, even if they don't have solar, to use it in the daytime and not in the off peak hours. (laughs) So you're able to optimize the grid swings even in inter-home interactions instead of intra-home interactions.
0: Wow, that's That's massive, that's massive.
1: So, so this is how the, the world of the energy world is going to change. Now, you, hopefully, you see the equation of combination exactly. between consumers and utilities. As a consumer, I might get a fabulous price for next five hours, and I can do everything I want. And I'm going to use, I'm going to spend much less in terms of spending on the energy. But the grid swing challenges are being solved by combining these opportunities, whether inter home or intra home. Fascinating. So, so
0: what, what, what intrigues me is, is what you did kind of over the last couple of years. I mean, the solution has been, I mean, basically has been around for about eight years. So what have been the one or two decisions that have been really important to, to where the solution is right now?
1: Right. I think one of the biggest solutions was when we started the company, we were still using some hardware to generate a higher frequency data. More like a sample taken every every second or every 10 seconds. Because more data means more information and more value you can create. Yeah. But one of the challenges with putting a piece of hardware in people's homes to get that data is scalability and traction. Yeah. And we, we noticed that it is very, very hard to get a piece of hardware into people's home, even if you give them for free. And so one of the biggest decisions that we made was to only use the data from smart meters that are available from utility because they are being deployed at a mass scale without consumer being the inertia of getting a device into the home is gone. And at this point when we work with a utility, let's say it's a million home utility, we acquire million customers in one shot and we are able to serve them, which is absolutely fabulous. The scalability is just pure software, no sensors other than the meter that utility has already put in the field. And all of the rest of everything rest is is complete pure software and scalable smart.
0: I can understand that that you said in in the beginning well this is this is not going to be scalable. we have to get rid of this right uh, so what also also intrigues me it's it's a famous quote from Steve Jobs, who always have said you know it's with innovation it's not about so much about what you do, but typically what you not do, where you say no what you say no to. Were there any things in the innovation of this product where you said Said no to something that was intriguing. Well, I mean, you you talked in this case already about the about the the no to the the hardware. But what any other aspects that? Yeah, that's- Yeah, that's, so I'm voice. thinking.
1: I'm thinking. I think that that hardware was a big, very important one. Here is. I'm thinking on the fly. What did we say no to, and why was it important? I think one of the biggest important things in, in definitely in, in smaller companies compared to larger, but probably also in larger is focus. Yeah. You get pulled in so many directions and the opportunities that come up, whether they're small or big are so many that if you run after every opportunity, it becomes very hard to execute on those one or two things that you want to do really well. True. And the focus of, we had a single focus. We had many opportunities. We we had the opportunity to go serve solar customers by themselves. We had the opportunity to go after, let's say, work with the appliance manufacturers directly like Samsung and LG. We focused on one thing and completely focused on one thing, a massive scale data and analytics, which we found only from the utility industry. Utility industry is the only one, in fact, we had defocus of going directly to consumers and working directly with them, which was also attraction because, you know, you own the customer instead of indirectly owning the customer. We realized our single focus on take helping the utility industry and energy industry at a massive scale by only getting the data at mass scale and not fall in the traps of, you know, high frequency data, hardware, Appliance manufacturers, etc. Yeah. We were able to single-handedly focus on utility industry and and look at the challenges and and focus on them. So I would say, big data meter utilities, and focus on a few big problems instead of all the small problems. This is where we have gained the place where we are today.
0: Yeah, and I agree. It's it's a famous thing, and it? it's such often such an obvious thing, but it's so easy to go off track. Because there are so many opportunities and what you've done, you've you've started to focus on the, the highest, the biggest single denominator that is going to bring you, well, give you access to all the computer, consumers at the end as well.
1: Right, in, right. And, and so therefore, we have, we have about 15 million homes on our platform right now, right. 25 plus utilities in 10 countries. It's a total global play. And we are very excited to work with all of these large utilities around the world. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah,
0: that's also the benefit, of course, of this type of this type of technology. It it doesn't really matter where you are headquartered. I mean you're coming you're coming from Silicon Valley, you got your a couple of the offices in in India, but every country that is that is deploying smart meters is
1: one that you can have access to. That's well I, I wanted to comment. We've actually taken the technology beyond smart meters. So, you know, we have a lot of smart meters on our platform, but using the knowledge from smart meters, we have built machine learning systems to even serve non-smart meters. For example, if you don't have smart meter, but we have so much information in our system, we can match up and pair up similar homes, similar weather, similar square feet, etc. And we are then able to apply almost a similar part of the technology for even when you don't have smart meters. Okay, interesting.
0: So, what I often see, and particularly, I think, I mean, I've had a person or a company that is focusing on the utility industry. You're talking about the energy industry. In the beginning, you already talked about, you know, they've been doing for the same thing for decades. It was typically about keeping the lights on. So, what did you experience selling this? Because this is revolutionary for these uh, for this
1: industry. Right. So look, I mean, selling is never easy and selling into large enterprises is again never easy. Ten years back, or I would say seven, eight years back when we started, we were in the awareness mode we were or education mode. We were, uh, utilities were just learning about the possibilities of technology. But I think today, many things have happened over the last, you know, six, seven years. Yeah. Number one, most utilities know about these technologies and they have already started adopting them, which is great for us. True. Number two, they have become comfortable with putting data in the cloud. I remember eight years back or seven years back, utilities would ask for an on-premise solution, which means they said, I have my machines. Can you put your software on my machines because I don't want my data going out of my firewall? That makes it highly non-scalable because everybody has a different architecture and you know we can't put it on every machine. And the cost becomes much higher. And now that most CIOs of utilities who are more you know, the newer age, they're coming from the next generation, or they've adopted the acceptance of a secure cloud. They are now comfortable putting data in the cloud. In fact, they're moving their own internal databases completely in the cloud. And therefore, it allows us to create a very scalable technology and makes the barrier to working with them much lower.
0: Yeah. But is is there still a tendency to say, we're not ready for this? This is maybe something that... It will come later for us. Or is it something that I really see as a competitive advantage?
1: I think both. It depends. For every industry, you would have the progressive leaders and you would have the late adopters. The progressive leaders have already adopted it. That is how we have 15 million homes on our platform. Yeah. The second layer of, I would say, the mid, mid-layer adopters are already happening because they have, they're looking at it. They're very comfortable because they're seeing the benefits that the early adopters are getting. And the late adopters are still considering so I would say that will probably come in another four or five years. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: would say, I mean, there's there's been a quote that has been on the podcast for a number of times that you you, you cannot afford not to look at it. And I mean, <laughs> not not that I would, well, maybe I would switch as an electricity supplier if if they would offer this in Spain, for example. And I haven't seen that yet. I I, I just get a,
1: a piece. oh I would I would love that quote in this because the biggest selling point in the deregulated or competitive markets like Europe is yeah. that utilities want to acqu- or retailers energy retailers want to reduce the churn and increase the lifetime value for the for themselves for the consumers. And if you said that if I were to get this technology from one retailer and not from the other, and I would go to that retailer who gives me this technology, that's big for them. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course, and I mean I, the,
0: to understand really at that level, like what I'm, what am I spending my my, my energy on? I mean, I can only guess at the moment. I see a bar that's higher than than last year January. I see a bar that's that's higher than last year December. But what is it causing? I don't know. And then I'm not even talking about solar or these type of things. Yeah, but that's that, there's there's good things to come there. So from the customers that you have today, the the, the utilities that you've been. And helping to pioneer this space, what have you been most proud of seeing so far? As an anecdote,
1: right, absolutely. So we have been proud of a consumers who get our solution. They have given us ninety more than ninety percent likes, thumbs up. We we ask people to rate it, thumbs up, thumbs down, and we have more than ninety percent thumbs up. We have been able to reduce the operational cost for utilities. For example, one of the utilities we had more than fifty percent reduction. Wow! In the high bill calls coming in because with this remember when you get the breakdown of your energy month over month and if your bill goes up you know exactly why it went up yeah true you don't need to call your utility to say why is my bill higher right yeah. so we are proud of, of reducing their operational cost we are proud of educating consumers and that the consumers like this technology very much we are also able to help utilities increase their customer satisfaction Two of the utilities have seen their JD Power uh, ratings, which is, I don't know if it's just North American or it's also in Europe, but the JD Power ratings have gone up by two quarters. So they're okay. seeing customer satisfaction from their customers. Yeah, and that's massive. I mean, this is a highly competitive
0: space. Yes, absolutely. Where, where it's very, well, these days it's becoming easier and easier to switch as well. So.
1: Right. We're also proud that three of our customers have put our technology on their television ads. They are putting television ads showing our technology to either acquire more customers or, or do more PR or educate customers of the tools that the te- utilities are bringing for their yep. consumers, but that's our technology. So we're very proud to see our technology on TVs and, you know, the, the sitcom shows and nine o'clock shows and news.
0: Cool. Yeah. That's, uh, that's free capacity for free uh, advertising. That's always helpful. Of course. Right. So what's, let me see. From the things that you've learned so far, and working with all these these uh, utility companies, energy companies, what would you advise their leaders to do different? Or to, how should they start thinking different?
1: Right. So here is my message for the leaders in the energy and utilities or energy retailers space. Look, you cannot ignore the the age of data and AI because that's the age we are living in. If you don't know your consumer, you're going to be left behind. There is no business today that is large enough and growing who does not understand what their consumer likes and what is their customer doing, whether it's Google or Netflix or Amazon or, or even, you know, the, the cable companies and phone companies, they all understand and know what we want and what we do. The utility industry and energy industry does not know that today you are going to be left behind if you don't embrace the data and AI and don't understand what your consumer is like, what their habits are, what are they doing? It's not about privacy. nobody is violating the privacy. It is about understanding your consumer and offering them the right content, right message, right offers, right products, and through the right channels. And that's not what I call an option. It's almost mandatory to survive in today's business environment. So I think they should look at what they are doing with their data, look at the technologies and adopt things where they can understand their customers better. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. This it's, it's going back to the quote that I gave earlier on. It's you can almost not afford to not, to not look at it. Yeah. And, and still you see there's tire kicking going on and people saying we're not ready for this yet. And I don't understand that, but okay. That's the part of the education and it's indeed it's, it's, Everyone in the podcast that I I speak to is on the edge of of what is possible and they're disrupting their industry and transforming the way things are done. And This is a very good example of that. So what is next for you? What is your greatest aspiration with this?
1: We are right now in tens of millions of homes. We want to be in hundreds of millions of homes. Of course. And the goal here is to change how people consume energy, how they look at energy. The goal here is to support the, the changing industry and create value for both consumers and utility industry by making things personalized. The examples that I gave helping the grid scale to the modern challenges of low swings and high swings from solar and EVs to make it up. So imagine there used to be video rental companies that were charging $3 for two days for each DVD. And if you're late by two hours, you pay another $3. Yep. And here we are 20 years later, only paying $9 and you have infinite content forever, anywhere in the world. So energy industry is going in that direction. It's slow, but it's going that direction. You will find that maybe 10 years later, energy is free because yeah. energy are comp- making money off other information that companies like us can produce for them. And consumers don't mind if the energy becomes free because they're, they're already being offered hundreds of products from other companies. So why not my, my, my energy company? But if energy becomes free to us, I would take it right. Or energy becomes a flat price. 25 euros or $25 eat as much as you can or use as much as you can. This is going to happen, but it's going to happen with the support of the latest technologies.
0: Fascinating. I mean, I like your, uh, your vision around this as well. I mean, in many cases, of course, you start looking at a problem, you start looking at, at, at an industry. And if you would have done that, you would have, you would have limited yourself with the solution that you'd created where your vision now is to change how people consume, consume energy. Which is something of a yeah. That's a global a global problem to 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 address, and yeah, fascinating. So, what is your big ask? I mean, if there's anyone on the podcast that is listening, that could help you. What? How can they help you?
1: I think as a consumer, I would say ask your utilities for what they can offer them in terms of data AI or more personalized bills. True. That's probably the best thing from consumer perspective. From utility perspective, of course, they can do a lot more if they work at a utility.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's opening their eyes and and start exploring these things. Very good. So where can people go and find out more about Bidgely or say hi
1: to you? I think the best is you go to Bidgely.com and there's a bot at the bottom, which is the AI bot. We are the AI company. And you can go there and you can reach us and say, hi, I love your technology. Or maybe email your own utility and say, I want Bidgely in my home. That would be the best
0: Yeah. And to say hi to you, I mean, how can they connect best with you? Is that LinkedIn? Is that via, web, via your website again?
1: I think LinkedIn is a great choice. And by the way, I'm always approachable. My email is abhay at com, And I'm always here to listen from people or hear from people or connect with them.
0: Very good. Well, thank you very much. This was uh, truly inspiring. I mean, I, I like what I, uh, what I hear. And it's a great example, again, of what what we can do and what, what the value we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. and This is uh, kind of doing that in in multiple levels, I would say. So fascinating.
1: We are are very, very excited. Thanks for for having me here.
0: It was a pleasure. Thank you. And for everybody that's listening today, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor to speak to Abhay Gupta, CEO of Bejali. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be when technology and people blend in the right way. It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strength of people are augmented with technology to change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So with this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this, to create a broader awareness of what can be, to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations. And lastly, to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing, please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas, and that starts with you. If you want to have more information, read my blogs, or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast, or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode. That's what